Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show that's for you and about you. Those of you that work so freaking hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, but right now to live that life that you love, those you love, doing what you love. But most importantly, guys, it's about living a life of meaning and purpose and being there, creating a ripple effect to the lives of others because as you're blessed financially, you have the ability to do the same in others too. So guys, I appreciate you binging and, and sharing this show and tuning in and everything you guys have been doing. Uh, thank you for allowing me to create that ripple effect for you because you guys are awesome. As a quick reminder, guys, like if you, you know, just go to our YouTube channel, go to the Money Ripples with Chris Miles page, go click subscribe, like it, all that good stuff, because man, like we want to keep giving this great content for you. And, and again, we love to make sure we can deliver to you, whether you're listening on the air, on iTunes, or you're listening to on YouTube right now. So anyways, go check that out. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and, and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. So I've got a special guest here today. And, and you guys know I get, uh, I get pitches multiple times a day from people, uh, but this one stood out. And especially if you're an entrepreneur right now or you're looking to become an entrepreneur, I know many of you already have your own small business, businesses and you're very successful. Um, but I thought the story that we're getting from Brian Clayton today is fantastic. Now, just to give you a little background on who Brian is, because you may or may not know who Brian is, but you might have known his companies because uh, he's actually gone. Get this, guys. He's gone from scratch, bootstrapping it all the way, creating two eight figure businesses. Uh, the first one that actually he started was his, his uh, landscaping company, Peachtree, that he, uh, he had started out there in Tennessee, grew it to over a $10 million a year business before he was able to sell it. And then most recently, and this is where you may have heard of him, he actually created another company called GreenPal, which is called the Uber for Lawn Care by Entrepreneur Magazine, it has over 200,000 active users that are completing thousands of transactions every single day. And so, so excited to have Brian here today. So Brian, welcome to our show. Chris, heck of an intro. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. So, so tell us, like, how did you even go from being, you know, landscaper to business owner to, you know, multimillionaire? Yeah. So uh, luckily I was forced into entrepreneurship by my father in the late nineties on mm -hmm. a hot summer day. He said, get off your butt. I got a gig for you to do. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. And luckily <laughs> he made me go mow the neighbor's grass and uh, I got paid like 20 bucks and I was hooked ever since then. I never looked back. I've never had a job. I've always worked for myself and I got started in the lawn mowing business, just mowing yards around my neighborhood. 
stuck with that little business year over year and, and, and grew it just you know, from 10 customers to 20 to hundred and so on. And put myself through college mowing grass. When I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market and take a pay cut or just mm-hmm. stick with this lawn mowing business I was, I was running. And uh, I didn't really want to be a lawn guy, but yeah. uh, I said, Hey, let's just see how far I can take this. this I saw my lane as and in life as a business ownership and that, that my little lawn mowing business could take me places that maybe uh, a traditional job couldn't. And so I made a little business plan and over a 15 year period of time, built that to one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, where I live, uh, eventually getting it over 150 employees, over 10 million a year in revenue. And in 2013, the business was, was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. Wow. And so growing that business just for me and a push mower to me and like 150 people, I learned a lot about how to get a business going, how to scale a business just through trial and error. And, uh, and then, and then after that, I retired, I, I took some time off. Uh, I got bored, realized, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm wired to love business. I'm wired to want to be in the game. What now? And I thought, well, now I want to start a, I want to start an easy company. Uh, I want to start a software based business. Cause that'll be easier. And, uh, so the idea for the Uber for lawn mowing was one that I always had for, for several years. And so I, I recruited two co-founders and, and it was like naivete as an asset. Luckily I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And, uh, we got started and, and, uh, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, uh, maybe a hundred times harder than I thought it was going to be, but we just got in there and just started working our butts off. And, and so now we're nine year overnight success, uh, We've been at the business for almost a decade, several yeah. hundred thousand people using the app to get their lawn mode and, and doing uh, multiple eight figures a year in revenue. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you just said the, the nine year overnight success because, um, you know, there's a book called Three Feet from Gold that my friend Greg Reed had written, right, with Sharon Lecter. And, and uh, they actually talk about a lot of the stories, people saying, yeah, it only took me 10 years to become an overnight success. Right? Man, and it's so true. It's like, uh, you know, I love the quote, you know, people overestimate what they can do in a year mm-hmm. and then underestimate what they can do in 10. Right. And it's just so true. But it's tough because a lot of times like this generation uh, is like, oh, manifest it and trust the process and it'll happen. No, it's like all of that combined with a lot of hard work. So it's like you mm-hmm. still got to do the day in, day out grind over five years, 10 years, and, and, and then you'll start to see the compounding effect take hold. Yeah. You know, it's interesting just thinking about your backstory. I mean, you started out just mowing lawns, right? That was kind of like your first business, which that was my first business as well. You know, I started mowing lawns as a 12-year-old right about 1990, you know? And, uh, but the thing is, I mean, I just blew that money on baseball cards and basketball cards because, you know, back then they were supposed to be worth something, you know, <laughs> didn't realize that it was actually the biggest waste of money ever because <laughs> everything was overproduced back then because they were too hot of a, tr- a commodity. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah. but like but that's a cool thing. Like I didn't become an entrepreneur to like really like almost, you know, tw- you know, 12 years later. Like for me, it was it was a whole nother decade before I actually decided, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like what was it that. I mean, are you just naturally gifted being an entrepreneur, do you think? Or do you think this is something that is actually a skill set? I think anybody can can do it. I think anybody, and, and whether you just own a little small lawn mowing business like what I had, or, or you try yeah. to invent a brand new product from scratch that doesn't exist, I think anybody can do it. Um, but the reality is, is if you have to ask, you know, 
could I be an entrepreneur? You probably, you probably aren't doing the things you should have already been doing anyway. Like, like entrepreneurs naturally work on it nights and weekends. Entrepreneurs naturally get up on Sunday. They're thinking about their business. They want to go in the office and entrepreneurs are always trying to figure out how to make their business better and stronger. So it's kind of like you're by by default, you're wired to love to do it. So I think that's kind of where like the born or, or are they made uh, question comes into play, but I think anybody can be an entrepreneur so long as you're willing to, to uh, sacrifice and, 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 and play the long game. And, and the thing is, you don't have to build a huge business. Like, like for example, for me, I, I, I know your, your show is a lot about, is about cash flow and passive investing. Yeah. When I was young, I was, I was making pretty good money, like, you know, like, like six figures, uh, not a whole lot of money, but I was doing pretty well at age 21, 22. And my accountant gave me some really good advice. She said, you know, do you love the lawn mowing business? I said, no, actually, I hate it. Uh, I hate smelling like grass. I hate smelling like gasoline. I hate it. She goes, well, let me give you some advice. Take some of this money and, and let's invest in some real estate. And she taught me at a very young age to take the money I was making in my blue collar, hand-to-hand combat traditional business and invest yeah. it in durable investments. And, uh, and, and yeah, that started off slow, but I just started buying little houses. You know, I tried to buy one house every year or two and fix them yeah. up. And, and by the time I was 30, I had like 12 paid for homes. And, yeah. and so, and so that like piece of advice is something that I try to like, I try to pay forward is like, mm-hmm. you don't have to have some like sexy, flashy, like Uber for, for lawn care or Uber for massages, or you don't have to have like a yeah. tech startup. You can run a traditional style business, take the money and invest it in, in durable investments over a five, 10 year period of time. And you can retire doing that. It's not rocket science. Yeah. The nice thing is it takes the pressure off too, doesn't it? For the whole right. Easter famine, especially if you got the big ups and downs, the crazy months and everything else. It kind of oh, you nailed ride. it. You nailed it because when I when I was able to reset after selling that business and start Green Pal, I was able to swing for the fences. Yeah, it wasn't like I had to rely on Green Pal to provide like to pay for my daily expenses or anything like that. So I was exactly. able to kind of like build it how I wanted to build it, and that was one of the main reasons why we are here. We are today is we haven't had to raise outside investor capital or anything like that because I was able to build the business on my own terms, and it was because of the decade of like foundation that I laid before starting that company. So it's like, you know, I think anybody can, can get financial independence, no matter how simple and, and non-glamorous your business is. If you run it well, run it profitably and reinvest that money, it begins to snowball. That's true. And that's wise counsel you got too. That's really, really wise. Cause maybe the best I mean, advice I've ever gotten. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, because she probably... tapped into something. She said, mm-hmm. do you love the lawn mowing business? And I yeah. said, no, I hate it. My back hurts <laughs> all the time. Like I get like, I, I get, I have, I'm covered with grass, like yeah. 13 hours a day. I hate it. I don't want to be doing it 40 years or 20 years from now. Yeah. And she said, well, you need to be buying real estate. And, and, and that little, that little uh, advice forced me to make smart decisions, you know, rather mm-hmm. than blowing the extra 20 or 30 grand I, I made in a year, I would go and put it down on a crappy rental property and then fix <laughs> that up on the, on, you know, in the winter months. And yeah. It was really good advice because she tapped into like an emotion inside of me that scared me. I didn't want to be doing the same things 10 years, 20 years later. That's true. You had a very seasonal business, didn't you? So there's a few months out of those years. You you can't make anything. You're building up that cash to wait, you know, really kind of harvest through the winter, so to speak. That's what we did too. You know, I had helpers. I had people that helped me run that business. And and Mm -hmm. so I, we would use those labor hours in the off season to, to fix up rental property that, that, that I owned. And so it was like it smoothed out kind of the workload. And so it was a good little way to hustle up, you know, an, uh, a good portfolio from scratch. Yeah, that's great. 
Yeah. You know, we had a guest on here before Mike McCallowitz. you've heard of like profit first, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of concept and everything. And uh, you know, one thing he talks about a lot is that you don't just, you know, when people say they reinvest into their business, right. He's like, that's bull. He's like, really, you're just spending money. You know, he's right. like, yeah, there is, there is reinvesting that you should do in your business. But if you're putting every dollar back in your business, you're just spending all the money. You have zero profit. There is no exactly. profit. And yeah. so a lot of times those reinvest, that, the reinvesting goes to expenses and not investments. And those expenses are, are out of whack because you're not doing the hard things. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite principles in business is the concept, you know, in, in Richest Man in Babylon of paying yourself first. Yeah. And, you know, you do this with your personal finances, but you can also do this with your business finances. Mm -hmm. Literally 10% of the money that comes in just goes into maybe a company investment account. Maybe it yeah. just goes into a series of Vanguard funds, you know, 10%. And then that, yeah. that forces everything else in the business to run efficiently and, and, and properly. You'd be amazed where that 10% just goes to waste if, if you treat it as an expense to pay yourself first every month. That's so true. Man, great, great, great counsel right there. So I wish, I wish I had it uh, 22 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we always say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. true. Well, you know, give, you know, give us some, uh, some idea, like if someone's looking to start and bootstrap their business, what are, what are some good, good tips to kind of really get that off the ground? Because that's always the hardest part. That's the part that requires the most faith. I know that's the part that requires the most patience. I just, in fact, just did an Instagram live on patience and persistence, right? Um, how does someone get through that? Like what, what are some good tips that you've learned? I think revenue is always the best form of financing for 99% of businesses. And that's because it keeps you focused on one thing. It keeps you focused on the customer. If the yeah. customer is not happy and is not coming back and is not spending money and is, and is not continuing to do business with you, then that's a problem and you have to diagnose and fix that. And so if revenue is the only source of financing you have, you are always focused on the customer and you're focused on the customer's feedback. And so like, especially in the early days of starting a business, doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a construction company, a bakery or a new tech, hot tech startup, that customer feedback is just critical to figure out if you're on the right track, if you're doing the right things, if you're building a sustainable business. Whereas if you go and like raise money from friends and family is, you know, just human nature, you're going to be more inclined to just spend that money than you are doing the hard work of talking to your customers, listening to that feedback, letting, letting them tell you where you suck, and then going to work on fixing those things. And so revenue as the, as the form of financing kind of self-corrects a lot of those things and kind of keeps you on the right track. That's why I believe that, that bootstrapping is the best bet for most entrepreneurs. Now that said, you know, some businesses you can't bootstrap. Like, you know, if, if, if uh, like a good example in the tech space was like all these scooters you see like, like floating around like bird or something like that, that is not a bootstrappable business, but the founding team that started bird was like on their second or third win in terms of starting and selling businesses and starting and selling tech startups. So it's like, once you have a track record and you have kind of the experiential wisdom and the scars, then yeah. maybe it's a good idea to go raise money and, and, and move fast and break things. But if you're just getting started, like hit a single, hit a double, get a win yeah. under your belt, get a million put in the bank. And then prove you the can concept. The Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to prove the business first. That's right. But, and I like that accountability too. It's kind of nice because when you do have, you could have a lot of seed money or you could have a lot of, you know, a lot of credit or whatever you might use to start the business. But the problem is that you can get lazy with it, right? Yeah. Because if it's, if it's ever prevalent, if it seems like it's always there, you're not going to, like you said, not, you're not going to listen to the feedback. You're not going to try to course correct as quickly as you possibly can. 
That's right. Necessity is the mother of invention. And that simple yeah. advice is just so true when it comes to starting a business, because if, if you are glutted with all of this extra capital floating around, that's going to paper over a lot of problems. Yeah. Whereas if you got to make five grand next month and you got to figure out how to make that five grand to keep the lights on, it focuses, it makes you focus on things that matter and not, fo- and not worry about the things that don't. Now you mentioned the course, like really, uh, you know, getting that single base hit you know, or double, right? Like getting that quick win. Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs have lots of ideas, you know, how do you get them to focus on that? Cause I know from my experience, like I have to start with something that just, what's the quickest way to the revenue, right? What's the quickest way to the cash? Just start with one thing, focus on that, get that going. And then you can start financing and funding the other, you know, ancillary type of sales or whatever you might be bringing in. You know, what's kind of your advice on that? Yeah. What I always see a lot, I, I coach and mentor business owners and entrepreneurs as a hobby in, in Nashville where I live. And the thing that I always see is this reluctance, re, re, like this, like aversion to doing business with somebody and, and just like spending all this time planning and doing things like branding and working on the website and like worrying yep. about culture and like all of this stuff, like in theory and like planning. And it's like, no, we need three customers and we need to do some business because we don't know, we don't know anything about like, like everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. That Mike Tyson quote is so true when it comes to business. It's like, you have to get something in the hands of five customers, and then you're going to learn more than you're going to like learn in a year of reading books and and theorizing. And it's kind of like, you know, you're, you know, you're trying to be an MNA fighter and you want to go in the octagon and you've never sparred. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the only way to learn how to fight is to fight. And the only way to learn how to, how to, how to build whatever business it is you're trying to build is to get something in the hands of, of, of customers. And yeah, you might lose money. You may not make any money and you might piss all every one of them off, but you're going to learn so much more doing that than mm-hmm. you are sitting here trying to figure out all this stuff and plan. And, and it's just like, I see that all the time. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing like how resistant we are to just like, okay, let's, let's get like, let's get like 10 people to try this thing. And then yeah. let's, let's learn from that. And, you know, as simple as that sounds, everybody's always resistant to do that. And I was too, uh, with every true. business I've ever started. Well, especially if you want it to be just right, you know, just perfect, you know, it's really hard, but you know, done's better than perfect, isn't it? That's I mean, right. It's good to perfect it along the way and try to get it better. I mean, you don't want to put out crap, obviously that's not the idea, but no, yeah. I mean, but yeah, you're right. Like, are we going to worry about like company culture and how to get teams working together? It's like, it's, unless you're hitting six or seven figures, at least a year, that shouldn't be a concern. <laughs> I got, I got two guys that I'm coaching right now that want to start like this mobile bartending service for bachelorette parties in Nashville. It's huge. Uh-huh. It's bachelorette business is huge in Nashville. And like, yeah. they're worried about like what the logo looks like on the beer pong balls. And I'm like, guys, we just need like five bookings. Let's do right. those, knock those out. And then we can plan all this other stuff. And it's like, I, I love trying to help people think through this stuff because it's so obvious, but it's just like, you know, everybody's always resistant to just like, let's get five customers. And then, then we'll learn more doing that than, than we will just sitting here trying to figure out what the logo should look like. Yeah. Get the raving fans first, get the reviews. Then you can perfect the logo along the way, right? Oh, or I need I need the trademark. I got to spend six months getting the <laughs> trademark before I do this business. No, you don't. No one's going to nope. steal a broke business. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. Nobody's going to steal your idea. That's right. <laughs> so, Brian, what's what's your next like? What's your next uh, step or next level that you're looking towards? Like, because I know everybody always usually you go in you're looking for an exit or looking for that next step beyond. 
What's your next? Yeah. So for me, I'm having fun. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been busting my butt on this business for 10 years. My two co-founders and I, you know, have, have just grinded this thing out. Yeah. Now we've got 30 something people working for the company and now I'm having fun. So I'm going to run this business so long as I'm having fun. Uh, every business kind of goes through three, three uh, phases, like the startup, you have no idea what you're doing. You're just trying to figure out like some sort of product that people want to pay for mm -hmm. the grow up, which is like maybe a hundred K to a million or 3 million in revenue. And then there's the scale up. It's like yeah. 10 million to a hundred million. And maybe you might go public or something. I think I'm pretty good at the first two phases. I'm pretty sure I suck at the third. So I'm going to, I'm going to run this thing out as long as I'm good at it and I'm having fun. And then from there, you know, who knows, maybe five years, 10 years later, we may sell it or, or put a, a professional CEO in place. Yeah. But, uh, but that's what the next five years looks like. And we have so much white space to go, you know, like green pal needs to be in the same uh, conversation as Instacart, Uber, DoorDash, Airbnb. And until we're in that lexicon of the English language, you yeah. know, we, we're not done. We got a long way to go. Now, GreenPal, like what, how many states are you in right now currently? So we're nationwide now. Uh, started off just in Nashville, Tennessee. The first four years were actually us just trying to figure out how the hell do we make this thing work? How do we make it to where somebody pushes a button and, and, and they get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service to come do a good job for them? That took a long time. And like one of our, yeah. our uh, I guess, superpowers was just focus. We just focused just in Nashville, getting the experience right, getting it to work well. Then we started rolling out to more cities. And now here we are eight, nine years in, we're in every major city in the United States, hundreds of thousands of people using the app. We're profitable, which is rare for, for tech companies like ours. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, and, you know, but we still have a long way to go in terms of like, you know, is it in Peoria, Illinois, Wichita, Kansas, uh, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, kind of some of your mid-level markets and below we're, mm -hmm. we're installing the, the, the product in those smaller cities. And once we saturate that, we'll move into Canada, UK and, and Australia. Yeah, that's, that's a huge service. I'll tell you, because we just moved into a new house just a month ago, right? And, and when we moved into this new home, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is a brand new place. It's 45 minutes away from where we used to live. All the contacts we had for working on our houses were gone, right? Yep. And uh, I mean, so what did we do? Like, I saw my neighbor's lawn being mowed. I chased down the guy. I'm like, hey, when you're done with that, can you go over to my house? You know, like, yep, yep. You know, no yep. references. I didn't know if he's any good. I assume right. he must be good, right? But you never right. know. You never know. You're just shooting in the dark, you know, and trying to get somebody to work on sprinklers and stuff. Like I imagine you probably have some, some services around that as well. Like it's been so hard with labor to try to find good labor and people that actually commit to come out and do stuff. And so it is a lot harder than you think it would be. And yeah. it's a lot harder than it should be. In 2021, you should be able to just push a button and get anything you need done. Exactly. And we've, we've spent a decade on one of those things, which is this chore of yard maintenance. You should be able to push yeah. a button and get it done. On the flip side, if you're somebody that makes your living in the lawn mowing business, it's a total pain in the butt. You have to like chase down count receivable. You have to find new customers. Like how do you organize your route? How do you, how do you do like CRM and accounting and bookkeeping? Like there's all these things that you don't want to do. So we solve all those problems for, for service providers, making their life easier to where homeowners can just hire them off the shelf. That's awesome. That's great. Do you, are you ever looking at expanding into like uh, even doing uh, labor work, like handyman type services or anything like that? Or, you know, when you're starting a new, new uh, startup, like, like what we've built, it, it's, yeah. you have two different strategies. You kind of have to make your bets. Can you go wide and yeah. just be like a place that connects people for all kinds of different things? Or can you go deep and just be the end to end, like Uber like experience. And we have focused on just going deep on this one thing. It's That's like awesome. lawn maintenance, yard maintenance. Let's just focus on that. 
because the reality is, is like the plumber, the handyman, the painter, the electrician, mm-hmm. the roof guy, the fence guy, the pool guy, the lawn guy, like those, those eight or nine contractors have, have a hundred different problems. And mm-hmm. so as a, as a technology product, you're not going to be good at all of those. And That's so right. we have focused on just one thing. Let's make this one like non-glamorous, non-sexy service as easy as just pushing a button. And, and, you know, we're probably 75% of the way there. Uh, we have to be as good as Uber. Like you, like, like Uber shows up in five minutes, we got to be that good. And so that's, that's what we're working towards. And see, I love that because like you said, you've been doing this, you know, nine years, you basically started this when I start launched my company, when I split from other partners, right. And nine years as well. And it's the same thing. It's just keep doing the same thing. You know, I think of like, remember the Titans, if you remember that movie with Denzel Washington, right. And and they're like, we're running the same six plays. He's like, it's just like Novocaine. Novocaine. You just got to give it time, right? Yeah, exactly. I read a, I read a book about this, this famous coach, and he, he asked uh, Kobe Bryant if he could watch him practice. Uh-huh. And so he goes and watches Kobe practice. And like for like an hour and a half, Kobe is just doing like the easiest layups, like mm-hmm. the most basic like bounce passes, like the, like the like free three throws. And he's like, he's like, man, he's expecting him to do like 360 dunks and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I just watched you do like the same stuff that middle school kids do. Yeah. He goes, well, that's why I'm one of the best in the world. Cause I just practice the fundamentals. And like, right. this is all stuff we already know. I'm not telling anybody something they don't know already know, but it, we have to remind ourselves that like the fundamentals day in, day out for a long period of time is, is what gets the compound effect to take hold. I love it, man. Love it, man. So many pearls of wisdom today that you've offered. I really appreciate your time, Brian. This has been awesome. Uh, Chris, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now if people want to follow you. What's the best way they can do that? Yeah. So I focus just on Instagram. People want to hit me up, just hit me up at Brian M Clayton, uh, drop me a DM there. Anybody that's listening to this doesn't want to mow your own yard, just download green pal and the app store or play store. Awesome. Love it, Brian. Thank you so much. Everybody will put that in the show notes for you so you can follow Brian and, and definitely check out green pal, especially if you, you need your lawn mode, which I know we all do at some point or another. So, uh, Anyways, again, thank you so much. You've been very generous with your time. Awesome, awesome material, awesome content. Thank you again. Thanks, Chris. And everybody else, make it a wonderful and prosperous week, and we'll see you around. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.